Dude, I don't know. Shit, if the world's on fire. What do you want? We're all on fire. <laughs> yeah, is there anything That's in the news? special. Jesus. <laughs> hey, what's up, everybody? <laughs> We're back. Hope you missed us. Uh, playing footsies with Chris over here underneath the table. Hey, you know what? It's really Friday quick, night. that intro you yeah. asked about this last time, and I was wondering it, too, and it just hit me the other day when they say TGNY. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. What, do you know what that is? Totally. I don't know why I didn't. Because <laughs> he says, Bob Van Halen won. TGNY 1978. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's just below a Kmart, but above a one dollar store. Oh, okay. right. It's like I don't know if it was thing a, or... we had him in Cali down in, oh, okay. in uh, Gilroy. Shout out. <laughs> um, yeah, I've never, I never really thought about that. Like where TGNY was a full on chain. Anyways, they had they they. I remembered totally. They would have like a little section in there, like you can get cassettes and albums and like stuff. Like pay and pack. Oh, up here was pay that and sound, pack. That sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Plaid pantry. That's been around for a long time. Could you buy records there? Those are more like bodegas out here. But I digress. No, no <laughs> deli part. This has been the history of convenience stores. Well, what else do you want to talk the history about? Fair warning, man. History of Van Halen. Fuck yeah. Let's do it. All right. Let's talk about them. Oh. We should do that. This is episode <laughs> four. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in. Talking about the third album. Yeah, 1980, basically. We're going to cover 1980. It's a comfortable place to be. They filled it up nice. Do you know where they got the name Women and Children first for this? I do not. Well, from the song or for the for the album? Yeah. They uh, after a night of partying, <laughs> as everybody was waking up apparently in the same room with other friends and after party goers and stuff. As you do. Someone yelled, "The ship is sinking!" <laughs> and David Lee Roth, the true fashion, says, "Save the women and children." <laughs> of course he did. And that's where it came from. Well. It's good as anything else. I was li listening to that song today. I was like, that chorus doesn't really, it, it doesn't really uh, go with anything in that song anyway, so it's just probably something that sounds cool. Yeah. Typical Dave style. Yeah, but from the hip. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> actually, actually, he was asked by uh, Alan Handelman uh, how he was handling everything that was going on at this time after, you know, two smash albums and here, here sure comes, uh, yeah, the sure. third and another headlining tour and this is what uh, he had to say yes indeed friends this is diamond david lee roth hopping and bobbing and popping with the best bet for the boss beat at the top of the pops smash top of the pops baby with the timely tunes for those with the texture taste shot dave no time to waste question number one this is his first try <laughs> yeah, pretty much says it all I don't know uh, how, so, do you, how do you think They're doing with Developing their sound Right about now Did they have time Yeah I was just gonna right? say we but like, just, Didn't yeah. they just Come off that last tour And they had to we go back saying, Into the It was studio? like a matter of Like after the holidays They had like three months And they were back out on tour So You know how they make records In weeks Not and they, months And they banged this so, one out too Yeah They They wouldn't take their time Until 1984 
Yeah. Like, did he still on that, that hustle? Is that when the studio changed? That's for 1984. Yeah. yeah. And then recorded 1984 in it. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, you're gonna take time. You get your first studio. You're gonna take what? some time. What you do you think? Why, you, why you think I took 20 minutes to figure out the fucking <laughs> laptop tonight? What if the what if the clock was ticking? Shit. <laughs> That's like 300 bucks. That yeah. guy just cost us. Yeah. <laughs> the clock is always enough ticking. in studio time. It's always ticking, by the way. And these guys didn't let moss grow on them at Yo. all. They, they, this sets up the trend of, <laughs> of shitty segues uh, <laughs> by Chris Feivel. Um Yeah, they're coming off of that last tour, which we talked about pretty good. Back into the studio, and again, live tracking. There's a lot of good interviews you can catch with these guys all over the place, and we'll play some clips from those interviews, some of them anyway. But they did talk about how important it is for them to bring in a big rig, get in the same room with sound baffles. Move some air. And move some air and play together. I mean, all all the tracks. That's their sound. Yeah, that's their sound. That is it. You're trying to capture Van Halen, that's it. So to answer my stupid question. Temple <laughs> I think, yeah, I think they are running at this point. This whole recording sounds... It's got a little bit of variety to it. They stretch it with a little piano, a little Wurlitzer. Oh, yeah. Um, Kickoff track. Backup vocal that isn't part of the band. That's right. That's a first. We'll get to that. Yeah, man. There's This one, this album... It's got some firsts. It, the only reason it doesn't get more, you know, maybe recognition, which it got plenty. went platinum, you know, sure. recorded in 1980, went platinum within the first year. And has gone six times over by 1994 or something like that. Boom. So to say it didn't get a lot of recognition is is obviously, they all of them did. All of their albums from here on out, basically, just... Except for the next one. Didn't do and, as well. And funny enough, isn't that the best fucking one they ever did? <laughs> anyway, we're not there yet. Yeah. But uh, you're right, Augie. They did not have a bunch of time to cool out and just lounge about the pool before hitting the road again so and supposedly they they burnt through all their old material like those first two albums were all their yeah i think there's only two songs on this album that were pre-existing yeah and uh they had to make the rest up as they went along scary (laughs) (laughs) it is not a long one either this is like like 33 minutes yeah yeah. so this episode only be keep it tight boys (laughs) (laughs) but uh, you know here the people that are back is we've we've got we've got the crew this, the whole band is back together. The whole band is back together. They've been hanging out, getting super tight and stuff, telling stories, being like, "We're never all, we're never gonna get married. Um, <laughs> we'll never break up, boys." Uh, Warner Brothers label still, fucking Teddy, running Ted the Templeman. ship. Still, Don Landy still plugging shit in and and Landy's plugging shit. All sorts of handy mics. man. This thing is fucking just ready. It feels like. You know, if you ever watch the Funky Monks with the uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, where everybody knows this is probably going to work out pretty good for everyone. Yeah, with the interview with their manager, and he's sitting at his desk. Yeah. A little Artie Fufkin-looking motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, and he's yeah. just like, we, we're, we're unstoppable. Just, we're, we're, you know, we feel that the band's potential at this point is just uh, sky's the limit, so we're going to give it the full court press. And, uh, yeah, I, I think that's where Van Halen was at this point. I think they got one phone call from Warner Brothers, and it was, uh, yeah, more please, sooner. Have a cigar. Yeah. Fall in there. 
Um, yeah, I don't know if I have anything to get into before we start getting into the album proper, unless anybody has any fun anecdotes about the recording. Well, I do have. Unless I get my microphone all the way out here, and then my arms have to get six inches longer. To... Wow! You need a thing longer. There we go. Look at this. I think I figured it. <laughs> well, let's listen to this banged out uh, in a couple weeks masterpiece here. Kind of a slept-on record. We all were saying before the mics went hot. This is. Uh, it's not the one everybody brings up. There's a couple songs on here that everybody brings up, though. And the first one is one of them, and The Cradle Will Rock. Not just a, a Rebecca De Mornay movie. <laughs> That's the hand that rocks the cradle, which is Why a working title. <laughs> Eddie's rhythm guitar sounds funny on this one. Trick question! <laughs> That's his Wurlitzer plugged into his Marshall amp right there. That's right. That is not a guitar. No. He's, he's doing a little ambient lead shit in the background, but he's playing keys. Yeah. This is, you but know, nobody knows because nobody knows. Up. Did they bring that on tour? You know, I think he just plays it on guitar on tour. Because he's like that. Yeah. But that's oh, it. That could pick slidey things or guitar, but that don't jump time. It's almost like a buzz saw. Yeah, it doesn't have the attack that a guitar would, or it's kind of a little muffled or something, but it's unique. And it's, that's cool. why this like song it. is dope. It's just. Who heard that? You know who would do it though, is the uh, <clears throat> Deep Purple. Who was the guy for Deep Purple? Uh, Lance. <laughs> Lance Purple. Uh, I think. Yeah, this is a song like Highway Star. Or something. Those are old Deep Purple songs, and they would distort their their organs. <laughs> the distorted cool. yeah. organs. Yeah, distorted <laughs> organs. A punk band that, that I used to play with. I, I, I saw you guys once. You can really make out the organ there when it gets yeah. uh, when it gets quiet with the guitar, though. I mean, as a first track, this is just banging. Yeah. Like if you're if you're buying this because you have the other two albums, you are so stoked that you hear about it. <laughs> you're listening to this. Here's Dave. He's all of 25. He's still singing about his parents getting on his case. <laughs> <laughs> Get weird when a couple times on this record, actually. There's a couple songs about like it's been pent up in my him. back, mom. For a long time, came out in his clothing. It came out his stage presence. Yeah, He's really. All of it. I told you, dad. <laughs> Daddy issues all over this record. But uh, is this? This wasn't one that was in a movie, right? Oh, let's see. Let's see. No. Yeah. 
I think it's everybody I, wants something that it is around so it sh- much. It shows up a couple times. And I feel like those, I didn't pull up the wiki page tonight, but I feel like these first, they, they like to front load their albums with the singles. They don't, right. they don't really bury them too much, or at least they didn't back then. So yeah. I, I thought this was a single, and I thought everybody wants something was a single. Yeah, you're absolutely right, dude. And, uh, and they're, they're pushing it. They, they, the formula is start out hot, boys. <laughs> Save that weirdo shit for the end of the record. Suck him in the jaw. It's like Saturday Night Live. All the sketches after one. <laughs> after one, have fun. Mm-hmm. It's a real thing, I believe. No, but, they 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 opened up with the single. Fully fully meditated. Yeah, that, that's but, a that's a, like a Ted staple. <laughs> but they're not uh, spoilers, I guess, for the rest of this record. But there's not a dance the night away on this album. No. There's not a, a, what was the other one on the last? Uh, like, You're No Good. Man, maybe you did, You're No Good and it Cradle will Rock a little bit. But it, the poppiness is sort of draining out of them. Yeah. At least the real hardcore. No, it's a very different album. Like the first two are very similar. If yeah. If you really think about it. But the first time really, they really kind of veer off into a new yeah. direction. Yeah. Well, and I it, liked it. I mean, starting with fucking with the sound first thing you get to hear is the Wurlitzer yeah right there is kind of like an Eddie statement of yeah it's a stealth Wurlitzer you, you don't stealth. know it's funny enough I played in that band <laughs> the distorted <laughs> organs did you guys do a split seven inch we, 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 we always wanted to open up for you guys but uh we just never <laughs> yeah the band surgery always opened up for distorted <laughs> organs and it just was too good to keep to and try to separate uh, shout out to uh, Jagger and uh, genital hospital his band that he was <laughs> <clears throat> yeah good stuff 1980 right you got a hold of that in your in your fancy brand new cassette deck in your car well yeah they recorded this in end of 79 comes out in 80 right yeah Wow, Darth Vader is uh, invading my coffee maker over there. Yo, that's, I got Darth Vader in my he's, coffee maker. He's shiny and black, and he makes that noise. That's Darth. That's Darth Vader now. <laughs> that's Darth Vader at three a.m. after he's had too many fucking wings. <sighs> no sense in fucking around. Let's get to everybody wants some. The probably the big one off this album. I'm gonna say it's gotta be right. I don't think I'm out of say that this is this is a fresh sound too yeah this wouldn't did not appear anywhere in the last two albums smart idea hitting that with the second song and dave's just winging it in here from stuff i've read yeah like there's that tarzan call again we already heard that Do you think he he didn't mean to come in this soon? Doesn't he? Doesn't Dave jump oh, the gun the second on the on the? He gets it, stepped on. I think that's on the breakdown. Is that in the breakdown? Yeah. I like yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Scratching those uh, springs on the back of the guitar.
Oh. I just watch everybody's chins in unison. <laughs> You have to nod yes to this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. What are you, an asshole? You check your pulse, because that was fresh. Really pioneering that distorted vocal thing that Trent Reznor would make so popular with the kids 20-some years later. Yeah, they're just laying tracks right now. Of course, I, whenever I hear the song, I cannot not see a, a, that. Oh, wait a minute. Is that coming up? He <laughs> just did it. What? Oh, I did. Look for the moopy. I guess he says moonbeam there. Moonbeam. Yeah, but it's it's the most ridiculous dic diction. He's throwing it on. Yeah. No, he's putting some, this, some stank on it. This is when uh, these guys are now very comfortable with how comfortable they've been. So they're, they've... They talk at length in some of these interviews about being genuine, not having to have a stage persona because it would feel weird to put on a suit, you know, like, like a second skin to, to mm -hmm. go out on stage and perform. So they're all really comfortable with themselves, how that's getting received, and now <laughs> they get a third album and they're like, so we can do whatever we want and it's probably going to be good. Right. And it is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could say, well, David uh, dresses up, and Alex retorts, <laughs> yeah, he does that all the time. Yeah. Fucking, that's him. At his house, so <laughs> what? And it, you know, from what I was reading, this is the first album that they, uh, they all were involved in all the compositions. Now, I know they okay. play live and stuff, and, and kind of some, like two of these songs were kind of older songs, but... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's coming. Step on it. It's just, this is not the first of Dave's raps, is it? I was just thinking that. I think it might It might be. We'll think about that after. I like <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the only one that steps on the post. I like the way the line runs up the back of the stockings. Yep. Solid. I've always liked those kind of high heels, too. Don't take them off. Don't take them off. Yeah, that's a little more to the right. And there goes the David Lee Ross stable. Yep. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think. Vamp. If number two didn't. I think that was the. the I think that's the emergence of the, the mid song Dave rap. Yeah, he just claimed some and space And he would do there. it a couple times on the next album. Yeah. There's a couple. Huh? Well, that's the thing. These it becomes guys, a whole thing after that. Once they, they're almost childish in the way. Once they realize something works, they'll they'll fucking hit it again. Keep pushing that button. Whether it's a sticky riffs, screeches, and now add into the repertoire the breakdown talk. <laughs> right. Oh, God. He perfected in Panama. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And that was, that totally. was the... Ultimate version of that, dude. How much fun is that going to be? There's so much to look forward to. <laughs> so much. I feel like they, like after touring their asses off for two albums straight, like back to back, like they like you were kind of saying they're just so comfortable. Like yeah, you like can they just got all tighter. the fucking rust off. Yeah, like yeah. he said uh, that clip we played last week. He's like, it doesn't matter if you show up, and you're half asleep. Like your your body is all you're, you're tight. 
He's like, you're always, the band's tight. You, it's all muscle memory at that point. You can't, you couldn't fuck up if you wanted to. How do you think they can drink so much booze and still play perfectly at this point? It's muscle memory. And you didn't hear a lot of, um, oh, Van Halen was shit last no. night. That's the you, whole thing. It was heard there was, it was fucking on top. It, it was the awesome. best shit ever. They're fucking Van Halen. You, you didn't go? <laughs> That's what you hear. When you go, how was the Van Halen show? Now, granted, I also heard that that bottle of Jack Daniels they swigged from on stage was iced tea. But you know. I bet at times. I bet there was a little, it was like marking the cards, like part of the label was tore off for the iced tea yeah, one. That's the stunt bottle. <laughs> yeah. but did, so did you say that they had more, uh, there was just more of all of them coming together to write the songs, like the yeah. song structure and all that? They, they all contributed to song structure and putting it together. Where And, and David Lee Roth gets, is like, talks about getting his lyric ideas from listening to Eddie, especially on this album. So Eddie comes with a little bit of a seed. David listens to that. He starts getting some ideas of what the soundscape is going to be. And I mean, kind of like the narration. What's the story? What, what's, this, what's this riff making me what's think of? evoking in you, yeah. And this album is, the, is really the best indication, the best effort. Ah, fuck, none of those are the right word. But <laughs> no, they start the best version pushing of musical styles best, yeah. instead of it being like straight ahead, like rock. Like yeah, it's and like, that's, you're right. It's there, you start feeling their influences. Dave likes the breakdown, the talk. He also likes a little bit of the, just the freewheeling zoppity bops. Yeah. But he's not doing a hundred zoppity bops on this thing. <laughs> like like a Michael Jackson. Yeah. Oh, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's they're, coming. Yeah, they're leaving. Well, yeah, but they're leaving behind the Dave Clark Five Kinks sort of real uh, tight pop structure. And I think what's more easy top riffs. Getting more, yeah, getting yeah. more of their deep purple vibe here. Yeah, feeling like they they have that depth to them as well, and they fucking do. Turns out they I made some calls. Turns out they do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I want to play a clip. Um, Eddie was getting uh, interviewed by Steve Rosen, who's done, especially this era. Like he, uh, the clips I pulled last week were from an interview with Steve Rosen, just a buddy of his that he uh, and a journalist. He'd go over late at night and they mm, fucking talk. I mean, and just talk for up, a little yeah, bit. Pick up his strat and like you can hear him kind of noodling in the background of some of these. And uh, but uh, Steve was asking him how he felt, you know, if you know, hearing now he's hearing people play like him. Oh, and nice! The first sure. two albums around, yeah. and he, he kind of asked him, "Are you hearing that?" And uh, he had this to say: "It's like when I grew up playing. You know, I I actually tried playing exactly like some people, but I just couldn't. I think that's how my style developed. Mm-hmm. Uh, the mere fact that I couldn't play like someone else, I I had to do something. I had to come up with something myself. You, you mentioned before like, that your playing is is getting." It's changing as opposed to, to getting better. Uh, yeah, well, I think it's changed from the first album to second. And from second to third, I think it's changed a bit. You know, I'm just playing different licks. Uh, I don't want to call it, call it maturing or anything, <laughs> because it's not, you know. I'm just exposed to different things. You tend to play different now. Mm-hmm. And then. Right now, I'm playing a little different than I have in the last couple of years. It still sounds like me. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's true. I still think you'll be able to pick up on the sound and the... The style right away, but I'm just using a different combination of notes now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's just that simple, and that's that's a earmark of Van Halen. Is they always sound like Van Halen? It's like yeah. 
no matter what what depth they go into, they sound true to what true to their sound. They can't they can't sound like anybody else. And it's funny because well, it, it'll come up again later um, <clears throat> when they play with other people. Yeah, they still sound like themselves. <laughs> right. How old was he in that club? Do you know? I mean, he so being the, he's probably twenty three. Well, Alex if, is is twenty seven, twenty eight around this time. Okay, so he's and Dave's turning twenty five, so maybe he's by twenty four because he's the youngest member. How fucking insane is that? That's crazy. It's pretty well put together oh, kid who, at twenty four. <laughs> you know what I'm mean? like? Yeah, yeah he's true. nuts and he's a rock star, but he's pretty like I don't know the kind of idiotic shit I would have been spewing. Especially after a few beers at age twenty four with a mic running, thank Jesus that never happened. <laughs> you know what happens at the hotel? <laughs> when Steve Perry's jacket stays at the hotel. Steve used to. Okay, can we talk about? Here's some YouTube clips I wish didn't exist. I'm just saying. Eddie's guitar on the cover. Oh, or, yeah. You know, oh, we can, can we can we do a little bit of breakdown of some of the gear and and. And where they're going, so he's got a flying V on there. That let's see, he was it was given to him, or he was you know he was fucking loaned or whatnot. But fucking, excuse me, uh, flying V decides to take a chainsaw to the back of it. That's the rumor anyway, because I think the cuts look pretty too rough. Clean. I don't know. I was gonna say it's pretty rough. It's made but, to look rough though. I'm not was sure. Was someone from Wasp get you? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that? that's yeah. It's pretty, you, the guy ended up joining Wasp, uh, and so let, let me do a little bit of reading. See if I can't fuck this up too much. Um, the guitar pictured in the album cover was the Ibanez Destroyer, lent to Eddie by local Pasadena guitarist Chris Holmes, later oh, Wasp. Nice. Boom, made from highly desirable resonant Carina wood, not. By Providence, this guitar was great stunt double for the instrument Eddie used to record most of Van Halen, which had inadvertently wrecked by sawing halfway apart. Holmes had bought the Destroyer in the first place to emulate Eddie. When I got it back, Holmes said, uh, the bridge was turned around backwards, and the intonation, it was all just backwards, to the way I would have had it. I just don't see how he played it that way, but he did. I've been to a few Van Halen shows and put on Eddie's guitar, and it's just the complete opposite way of I would have, how I would have set my guitar. He had the strings a mile off the fretboard. He likes the whammy bar so loose that he super glues the nut on the back so it spins around. So, <laughs> so what happens when you loan Eddie your guitar? Right. <laughs> when he gives it back, do you know what he said? Hey, man. Thanks, Holmes. <laughs> Thanks, Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> so he basically gets the guitar, fucks around with it, makes it so he he can Chris play. Chris Holmes it. isn't the guy in the swimming pool in uh, in. Uh, oh my god! In that uh, documentary, yeah, Decline of Western mom, Civilization Part Two. Where's, where's it mom? Was somebody is sitting, from Wasp? Was it? It was somebody from Wasp. His mom sitting on the side of the pool. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. She's like, "Don't drink that much." And he's like, "Oh, oh even he'll give me my guitar back. We're all fucked up and backwards. What's the point?" Can you imagine that though? That's it, it, Eddie does it out of genuine. I need to. I set it up this way to play it. I'm going to flip this around. I got to bring <laughs> these way the fuck up. So talk yeah. about control of an instrument and the range. You bring the strings way off the fretboard. Obviously, your fingers are just hammers. 
Yeah. Yeah, I can't play like that. No, that's the beauty of having an electric guitar is that the action is like nothing. Yeah, and think about the bendability plus the spinning around whammy. Like every nuance and altitude of of resonance he's Speaking getting. Of, he would probably have to like adjust all the fine tuning when he played in Denver because of the altitude. Right. Sure. <laughs> he could he could totally tell. And now how pissed would you be existentially when you get it back and you go, This guy can make it sound this way, the way it's set up, and I can't even play it. Right. I mean yeah. it's something when someone just sits down at you know on your instrument and kind of whoops up a little bit and you're like, Yeah, there's commonality. Yeah. Eddie's just no yeah but the way he would like with the harmonics that he would try to get i could see and you know he's just superhuman so of course it's gonna be fucked up and backwards we need to shake his hand (laughs) it just you know like like uh, cry well yeah yeah man but it seeing seeing musicians I, i never really want autographs or anything like that but um I always liked a good handshake, you know, sure. there's, there's, the, that's the hand that's doing that shit, and this is, you know, and it, there's it's something cool about it, man, like shake a cool drummer's hand, and you're like, yeah, fucking, that was rad, like, I don't need a stick, or, you know, the whatnot, it's just like. You don't shake it uncomfortably long, do you? I hold on <laughs> for a good 30 seconds, uh, but what I think makes. with the left? I do, I do, I, I, that's about 17 seconds in. Okay. And then I just to make sure it's not uncomfortable for both of us, I I just right stare right into their eye the whole time, and not both eyes. Like I just pick, pick one and I get <laughs> right in there. <laughs> I want to know what makes them tick. You smell your fingers when you walk away in front of them, so they can see. You. <laughs> uh, I have a funny story I about that last magic. song. Everybody wants some. I'll try to make it really quick, oh, but it was a. Uh, um, I had three different guitar teachers when I was in junior high, like junior high in the high school. And the second guy worked for the local like guitar shop. And, uh, and then one year he's like, okay, everyone that takes lessons. Cause it was like guitar. And then, you know, kids were taking in their saxes for lessons and whatever, whatever. And he goes, we're going to have a whole, everyone who takes lessons here, we're going to have a show. Everyone who's you have to get in a band. I was like, Fuck me, man! I was dude, come on, like junior high. I don't know. Yeah, I was. That's, I was yeah, not, that's terrifying. And you're just learning how to play. I was like this fucking guy. And um, piece of shit, <laughs> teacher. But uh, I picked I picked that song because I I was I was into Van Halen at the time. But like that song, I mean, in my head, I mean, it just it's it's not a crazy solo, right? And this the I I just figured in the beginning he's just making crazy sounds. Right, right. While the drum goes, that that killer yeah. drum line from rubbing out. Anyways, so we we practiced, and the I should this should have been the red flag. <laughs> <laughs> the singer didn't show up, and he was like like a grade or two ahead of me in high school. Mm-hmm. Mike Zukowski, flaky ass singer, still on my list. Um, and he didn't show up. There was at least three rehearsals we had. He didn't show up for the first one, second one, third one, and the and the oh, no. the. the the guitar teacher guy was just, oh yeah, everything will be fine, it'll be cool, he'll, he'll show up on the day because he had to be in another band, right? Oh, he pulled the Phil Collins Live Aid. Is that what happened? <laughs> he wanted to play in England and New Jersey or wherever they did the or uh, Philadelphia. He did it transatlantically. He got on the what? He got on the Concord, played with Zeppelin, and then he played. No with, shit. 
Whoa. Uh, that sounds like not, song. that's the opposite of Zikowski. Yeah, it wasn't great. Like, if you saw the Zeppelin at Live Aid with him on drums, it's so yeah, yeah, kind of his eye. I mean, he's a good drummer, but he's not a good Zeppelin drummer necessarily. Well, turns out. But anyway, I, let's keep bagging on Zakowski. <laughs> I don't like this fucking yeah, kid. Yeah, Zakowski. I know. He's the real Phil Collins of this fucking story. Real fucking real. You real Collins is Zakowski. And uh, so we do it, and yeah, he. I get up. They just we're ready to do it, and then he, yeah, he didn't go up there. In and the and the and the guitar instructor is even like Mike, and I remember him in the audience. Oh. No. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and my parents were there. This is what's. In oh, hindsight, shit. in hindsight, wow. I'm just like, this is awful. God bless him for, because I can imagine like you go, like you yeah. have to sit through this thing and. And he was gonna uh, sing. He was supposed to. Yeah, he didn't get up there, but fuck um, this guy's a piece of shit. I'm gonna say it right oh, now. Oh, he did it twice. Because he was oh, this fucking guy. Oh, like, okay, God. I don't want to get All into right. that. Right. It's modern of the bridge. All right, I'm doxing him. <laughs> but <laughs> but when I tried to cover little cathedrals, <laughs> I wanted him to fucking. But I do remember one of the uh, bands that. One after me, they did. Um, I'm the one. Oh. It sounded good. They, yeah, the guy. They killed uh, it. Yeah, I, yeah. Those guys, they did kill. That's it. salt in the wound at that point. But I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you want to know where else this fucking song shows up? Yeah. Because um, everybody wants. Um, is that, did we just do every? <coughs> everybody wants them. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, fucking better off dead. That's what I was getting into. Is I oh. can't really hear that song without seeing that Thinking little hamburger. hamburger. And you know what's great like about that hamburger? Do you know what guitar is he playing? Yeah, he's playing the V. He's playing the Ibanez, dude. Yeah, <laughs> with the cuts. How yeah. stoked was Holmes when he saw that? <laughs> <laughs> right, it's a little piece of history. Even a hamburger can play yeah. it. <laughs> and then it, it showed up years later in fucking um, Zombieland. That's right. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's this is this song's undeniable. Stone Jam. It is. It is one of the greats. Yeah. When you make that big Van Halen playlist, this one goes on there. If you play it in your car, you either need to be in a Chevy, a van, <laughs> or preferably a Camaro. <laughs> this. Oh my God! If you could hear this record from the backseat of a Camaro, I think that's what it was mastered for. They would do shit like that, like when they they when they would get a. Uh, their album uh, recorded they would get different they would put on a cassette and play it in cars like drive around yeah. just to hear the acoustics like how it sounds on different speakers we were just talking about Ice-T earlier in the week same his second yeah they set up basically uh, him and Africa Islam and Evil E had set up a system in, in the in Evil E's apartment which was their studio. Oh, I thought and you were going to say they had a car in there. <laughs> <laughs> no, they hooked up like car stereo speakers in there though. Oh, that's cool. And they would they would mix to the car stereo speakers because they wanted everybody with their because everyone had a cool system back in the that day. That was the thing, late eighties that they mixed mixed to suit the Alpine or the Blaupunk <laughs> or the what was the other one? Kenwood, Kenwood, fuck all yeah. I could Fisher. Uh -huh. Fuck yeah, that'd be dope if they had different rooms. Like here's here's all the car speakers in this room, and here's all the ghetto blasters in this room. Yeah, and this room just for Walkmans. <laughs> Like the kiosks at car toys when you walk in and you press all the buttons. Right. You're like, I want to hear this set of speakers. Don't give me ideas. That's awesome, dude. I'm, I, I'm kind of stuck on, I just want to bring a car into a studio. How ridiculous would that be just to listen to it? Yeah. Don't you want to go outside? No, nah. nah, man. Nah. Just 
perfectly dead right here. We're good to go. Go to TGNY, get those cassettes, and bring that shit back. Man. Well, uh, like we said, there's a couple tunes on this song about Dave getting the hassle from his parents. Yeah, and we should talk about Dave and his photos on this one as well. We'll get oh, to that. Photos. Yeah. That's why I brought I brought him in tonight. If you if you bought this, I brought it up now. He's looking right at me. If you <laughs> yes, bought this dude. album on vinyl, <laughs> infamous. You got a very special, you know, twenty four by thirty six full size poster. Is this David Lee from Roth. a vinyl? That is from that vinyl. Oh. It's sitting right there. Nice. And it's just David Lee Roth chained up shirtless with leather pants at the Pasadena Elementary School playground. I don't know where he's at. There's chain yeah. link. There's grass. It's black and white. Who knows if it's day, it's night. I don't know. And a really strange artistic decision to fucking go with, instead of virile, jumping around, sex god, rock star, which he can kind of claim at this point. Sure. This is shot by what, Helmut Newton? Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, he's going with chained up, vulnerable, kind of a little bit bony, and overly hairy in some spots. It's a very smell the glove. It's a very, it's very <laughs> strange. It is very, it is a very, because they're normally <laughs> mugging and, and smiling and shit. And he's like, nah, let's go, or Helmut did, David. <laughs> I have an idea for your photo shoot, David. Listen, takes, takes these chains. Fuck me. I'm glad I was three feet away from the microphone when I made that joke. All right. I remember a girl bringing that record into class and pulling that poster out in sixth grade. <laughs> Rachel Valenzuela, shout out to her. I love it when he used to just go to school with, like, cassettes or, like, records and stuff, like, in your backpack. Yeah. Yeah, the best. mostly like, you seen this shit? Yeah, check this out. That, exactly. I want it near me. There's nothing <laughs> better than you see people huddled around a locker. And you work your way, what's going on? And they're all around a record. Yeah. Can't kids, do that anymore, man. These kids will never know. <laughs> but you know what is universal? Your parents being on your fucking back. Like, 10 years later, it would just be the Fresh Prince telling us the same story. The parents just don't understand. And this is one of the old songs. I love this intro. I gotta imagine they just got this on tour, like doing this shit. Sound check songs, you know? Totally. Party at the hotel afterwards songs. Waiting for Eddie to change cigarettes. one time <laughs> once again proving he's one of the original rappers one time uh, that's just fucking power man fucking muscle <laughs> That was cool that I could play this part. (laughs) (laughs) 
a little shuffle right yeah, you there. You said it all, dude. We, were, we all felt that one. <laughs> yeah! Dude, I mean, but really, they're getting... This is a bluesier record than the first two. Yeah! By a damn sight. They're just so much more comfortable, it yeah. feels like. They're just able to like go in and out. Like, that whole intro yes. like comes in like a fucking stadium <laughs> opening, and then he chills it out, and then Breaks they bring it, it back into this dirty riff right here. It's confidence. And, that's, and that confidence is just built upon playing five-hour shows six days a week in backyards right. and small you know, oh, venues. This song they've been playing for five years now. This yeah. Point. They've been seeing other bands and how they do it, like... Right. And blowing them off stage, some of them. Right. But t- blow them off stage and take notes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're your heroes. <laughs> and those are even some of the songs they were covering when they were doing those long early sets. Yeah, you know, the guys they ended up opening for. Yeah. Yeah. His drums sound way better on this album. Better. Totally, right? Alex is, this is, this is that nice panned Tom (laughs) Like they've got body to him. I mean, everybody wants some intro is just testament to how much better his drums sound on this album. Yeah. yeah. And and when he's laying into that ride cymbal in the bell, it's what you were saying, Augie, everything is worked in and deliberate. Full confidence. They're they're blending these parts and they're switching out of genres almost and making it into one song. Real worked in. Yeah, yeah. You throw the high heat and it's no problem. (laughs) No problem. A lot of more uh, kind of call and response between Dave and Eddie on this record. There you go. Plenty, uh, plenty of Mikey back there. I was just thinking that, man, because didn't he? He used to say like the early, the at least the first album, he didn't feel like that you can. There was not, wasn't a low end on it. On oh, his. I was. Yeah, I, you know, I was talking about his backup vocals, but yeah, he's right. But you're right. right and the then bass. on this one, like yeah. he's, it's not as deep on this one. It's a little like you can hear it, but. The, his bass sound you're talking about in, in a lot of places not like running with the devil or something it's, it, it does feel a little bit pushed back that's part of their new sound they were exploring <laughs> less bass yeah you hear them coming through on the, some of the attack like it's fieldy from corn you know Al Jolson can't help but come out sometimes. Yeah. It's, it's just in there. <laughs> I love those chorus lines, too. Those, that, the, those backing vocals, just that, that melody. Yeah. Brings that riff back. Dumbest two-note riff you can think of. That's <laughs> the best. Okay, here we go. Let's call that the first zoppity bop. Drink. <laughs> Drink. <laughs> he went full Cosby right there. He did. <laughs> but they're so comfortable right here on this outro part. Like, they're just all just it's so a, just hanging back. And I can just see them all laughing. Fucking, <laughs> we're killing yeah. this record. Fuck you. <laughs> 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 God, 
how they stayed humble, I don't know. And he always seemed pretty humble about things. I think yeah. he just really yeah. was stoked on the moment like anyone would be. Didn't feel it was anything more special than just uh, Tuesday for him. Right. Because it wasn't. Snuts. Snuts. <laughs> S-N-U-T-S. Yeah, that's what we're seeing on this album, listening to anyway, is is they're, they are just hitting such a crazy stride with um, developing tunes and confidence in playing. And they're not coming from a fucking shallow place, mm-hmm. but they're getting better. They're ramping up. There's yeah. there's no sign of uh, throughout this album of, mm, I don't know if they got something or that feels a little thin. It feels even more developed and tighter. Yeah. Sound-wise, the tone of all the instruments, the range of the instruments that we're getting, and they're still playing a majority of this album live to record it. And the songwriting is, has leveled up. Yeah. We'll say. Yeah. Uh, we go right into Romeo's Delight. I mean, yeah, this man. is shit. <laughs> <a bang. laughs> I mean, it doesn't really give you too much rest till the very end on this record. There's Mikey. I'm gonna never have no special reasons what's the lie, cause I ain't leaving. We're in for a very long night. Heard a vicious rumor from your mama's tongue. You a desperate woman, need a man with a gun. Woo, talking shit right now. He brought his mama into it. Say it, please. I forgot the fucking words. <laughs> Taking whiskey to the party tonight and I'm looking for somebody to squeeze. Do you know that a 17 year old version of myself pretty much lived by those words? Thus it hath been said. It's good. And thus it shall be done. Take it down, man. I know the See, way before Jay Z was talking shit, David Lee Roth, he was talking shit. Yeah, you gonna need a warrant for that. Mm-hmm. No, David Lee Roth, king of hip hop. Squeeze. That's moves like that, where it's just so much. He had they had the swagger for the first two albums, and now they got the hips to match it. Like it's just, <laughs> uh, they were fronting like they knew how to fuck, and like now they know how to fuck because they've been yeah, now out fucking. there just fucking. Like this is a record with hips. <laughs> There's just so much going on in this song, man. Yeah. Like, the dynamics are... It's all over the place. So just high and bass. And there's so many places you could fall off. If, if these guys weren't as good as they are, there's so many spots that uh, that fall out, or that part didn't work, or that transition sucked. I mean, the, you're right. The dynamics are everywhere.
clean Tony's rocking back in the background. It's very Pete Townsendy. Yeah. Yeah, throw a little face on that hi hat. Why not? Delays were all matched up. This is gonna be working. They didn't have apps for that back then. This is a weird comparison, but this is like a comedian when they know how long to, to wait for the laughs to stop in between jokes. Like these guys know how to for the quiet spots. They know when to ramp it up because they've been playing for how many years yeah. straight. Yeah. So they Six they know how to control the crowd because they know when they're gonna play a song like this in the stadium with the crowd. Like they're gonna take them on a fucking ride now. Attention and release. Exactly. When you can emotionally massage 20,000 people at once. <laughs> Big ending, boys! How many, how many bullet shows have you seen that have ended with the... Uh-huh. 32? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now you know. Can we let uh, maybe Alex and Eddie talk about their town, their uh, sound and their Is tone? Is it in English? Their town. Is it English? Uh, I'll let them say it. Listen to music. Uh, listen to some of Ed's uh, guitar solos, like Eruption or Spanish Fly. There is a little bit of classical uh, influence in there. What song would I be most surprised that you did a cover of? <laughs> You're no good. <laughs> you mean next album? Yeah. Well, no, no, no. When you were playing clubs and you said you had 300 songs. Oh, I'd say, okay, we did some stuff uh, by uh, Ohio players, Get Down Tonight. <laughs> really? Yeah, we used to do some old James Brown. Uh -huh. uh, it's your thing. But then wow. again, at the other end, we did Where's some Deep Purple. Thing? We did Black Sabbath. We did, uh, you know, Deal with the Preacher by uh, Bad Company. You name it, we played it. We played anything and everything. And it seemed that the wider the scope of style of music, everyone played anything except for jazz. <laughs> People just didn't know how to dance to it. <laughs> we waited, we waited on that until Diver Down. <laughs> we knew. That's wow. amazing. That's a great clip. That was Alex talking or was Eddie? That was Eddie. That was Eddie, okay. It's, it's, it's touted as an interview with Alex. And uh, we got, I got to give a shout out. Because this is, uh, it's called the Tapes Archive Podcast. You can find it on YouTube and some other spots. And there's some great artist interviews that you probably never heard. This like one's that. with Alex. This is number 17. But uh, funny enough, Eddie's sitting in the same room with them. And they're, they're basically sharing the mic. Yeah. Um, they give each other space to talk. But if you've heard five interviews, you've already heard a good third of what they talk about. Because these guys also repeat themselves. They know their well, good I mean, stories. Yeah. <laughs> they, they know how to professional entertainers. They, yeah, they know the, they got their tight five. Yes. <laughs> and why fuck with it? You know? That's if you get them on a good day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, I've yeah. heard a lot of interviews where, for whatever reason, sometimes Eddie will be real defensive. Like he'll just not want to answer. He'll, he'll answer with a question. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did you mean by that? What is it? What do you mean it's a pop song? <laughs> That's right where the interviewer just in his head's like, fuck. <laughs> well, this isn't going to be my career interview breaker. Shit. Dude, dude got some fucking pussy. <laughs> it's got to be around the time he's meeting Valerie Bertinelli, right? I think, I think so. I think you're right. 
Yeah, yeah. I was actually just reading it. <laughs> just, I, I haven't even got to that magazine yet, but Hillary got it for me. It was like a stocking stuffer at Christmas. That's a pretty she good put one. put it in there. I was like, dude. That's some good and stuff. And I haven't really cracked it, because it's always in this room, and this room is, I don't know how you, um, my I got to bring my, I gotta bring my yeah. glasses in this room. That's half my problem. But yeah, I haven't read any of it yet, because it's so small. <laughs> <laughs> when they start printing magazines this small, they really got the Reader's Digest large print. I would is that ten point? laugh about that shit, but I would really get down on the Reader's Digest version of that magazine. Dude, those covers they were talking about sound insane. I would have oh, killed Ohio for players? it. Or what was that other one I said? Uh, it's your thing, yeah. James Brown. Um, yeah. yeah, or no, uh, there's the James Brown. And anyways, uh, it reminded me. I was actually there was a interview with George Lynch, only <laughs> <laughs> yeah. because he mentioned talking. Exactly. I I didn't realize he he uh, he came up in the same at the same time with these guys. Yeah. Um. But that's what he said specifically in that interview is why I pull, I listened to it. But it was like because uh, he was seeing him back then, and he was saying like yeah, they, like pretty much like that list of songs. They're like yeah, they would play them and they'd sound better than the songs because it's them. <laughs> it was them. It's their style. It's their fingers. When you got it, you got it. Um, that was. Romeo, no. Romeo's Delay. That was Romeo's Delay. Fuck. These hits just keep coming, too. This is uh, Torah Torah. Shouldn't it be three torts? Torah Torah Torah. Torah, Torah. Can't pluralize the Lone Rangers. Old funky tape effects now. Sounds like Michael Jackson kick. song would sound like this. Start. <laughs> Sounds like he kicked the amp. Yeah. Oh, we'll listen to it backwards later. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think they picked this one up, opening it for Sabbath. I, I feel like this oh, has yeah. a Sabbath influence. Big time. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> totally. This is crazy. All the right now. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> Where'd he come up with that riff? Great. Okay, this part's fucking awesome. They're just going. They, yeah, I, this got to be like one of those jams, probably. You know, where they talk about everybody writing stuff. This sounds like it, maybe like another one, a sound check jam. Because uh, it, it's I nuts. Think, I think this is their <laughs> fastest it. song to this point. Yeah, by to far, this point. Yeah, and it's such a cool um, parallel between how. It feels like this is about to fall apart yeah. at any oh. moment. <laughs> yeah, and the, the song's lost control. It's yeah, it's happily it's that semi heading down the hill with the brakes out. Yeah, oh, thirty thousand pounds of bananas. Yeah, the Harry Chapin song. <laughs> <laughs> 
these solos that speed. Well, we, we know what really was that. Yeah. <laughs> this is cocaine speed. Yeah, and double bass. This is where Alex just lays into double bass. Oh, oh. oh. oh, oh. drink, drink cowbell. Still whipping out those little, most shitty harmonics coming out like boo 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 boo. And can we appreciate that cowbell wasn't just the whole the whole thing is like what Morse code or some shit? Oh yeah, yeah. Is it? Is it? Oh, was that SOS? I don't. No, he didn't do that. I don't know. If we haven't yet, such inclined people to know Morse code. That's gotta be something. It's like Morse code for like P U S S. Does anybody do a train wreck ending better than Ben Hanlon? Wow. <laughs> just, just tighter, more expressive. Every like every song has just got Van Halen just cranked up a little bit. It's he said we're gonna hear a little ragtime later. That was cocaine time. <laughs> <laughs> Did that get introduced imagined, into the band? Oh yeah, that was the Speedball Express. Little, that was. <laughs> isn't that what Colossus and Wolverine used to do? <laughs> Fastball, uh, Fastball special. Fastball special. That's right. <laughs> Speedball special was uh, Eddie and Dave. That's when Frank Miller was writing the book. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is this an episode of? Uh... <laughs> I would love to know what inspired that song. It's hard to, uh, yeah. It's hard to find that kind of information. I don't know. If, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it was song by song. Yeah. Right. From back then. Somebody got to write a book or two. Is it, you know, it's probably combed somewhere in those uh, interviews and whatnot. should have checked. It, it could have been one of those books that tried to kill Augie before we started the show. <laughs> There's a couple of Van Halen books up there. Uh, that book you've been in the middle of, does it have any insights into this time? It only goes up to the because it concentrates on the all the um, early the, early days. Yeah, on the backyard. This is the salad days. Stuff. This is Van Halen salad days with Dave. Like it would never be this good again. He, mm. he starts going downhill. Like the, yeah, oh, the, re- I, the relation, tensions. Yeah, yeah. They, it's, it's, that's why. <laughs> unfortunately, that's that's the universe's uh, equation. But yeah, and and you're right that this album has a, a look, like a, more blues to it, but it's also got. You know what we just heard there? <laughs> just some fucking balls out shit. Right? Um, Had thrash been invented yet? I, if, mean, if, I was wondering. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like they're all having a lot of fun writing music together, and uh, that's you know the, the tension's coming. But they they <laughs> they're probably at the stage of getting annoyed here and there, and just be like, hey, well that's that's who he is, yeah. and that's who this guy is, and all making this. money. Yeah. You know, it's hey. a poster in the album. All right. <laughs> yeah. And then <laughs> it just keeps coming because that's who he is. Yeah. Can, can uh, maybe we check out uh, how it's they? Pussy. How... <laughs> I've been walking around singing "Everybody Wants Some." Yeah, another one. Everybody wants some. Well, that's another thing. Our lyrics are not into uh, space or into uh, something you don't understand. The third planet from the moon or the star. <laughs> I mean, it's it's pretty basic. When you say third planet from the moon, tonight, <laughs> uh, we don't need to use your imagination very much. I don't think. Who's the best heavy metal band you ever saw? That I ever saw? 
Uh, I've seen them all, and I think each band that I've seen has something special to offer. As a matter of fact, I've even seen some punk acts that I, I think are new wave, whatever you want to call them. Like, Alex, uh, are jammed. Okay. They played 15 minutes, and in 15 minutes they played about 15, no wait, about 25 songs, I think it was. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not exaggerating. Those guys are just so hyper. They were on stage and they were off. And I was going, whoa! <laughs> The music wasn't really uh, there, but I mean, the show was. Every, every band has something to happen. Uh, you go see Yes, it's more like sitting down, evening with Yes, and they duplicate the record. I mean, they duplicate the record, which sometimes makes me wonder why pay $9 or $10 for a ticket, you know, and to sit there, barely be able to see lousy acoustics when you can much rather sit at home with a nice stereo. If you want to hear the, the record duplicated, listen to your stereo. I, I enjoyed uh, Sabbath very much. I like Grand Funk. And I gotta say, it was, one of the, it was a pleasure to play with, uh, with Sabbath. You know, for you know, their 10th anniversary, we toured with them on all of the uh, UK and most of the states. And it was, that was a pleasure. But other than that, I really can't remember that many uh, Understatement of 1980. You know, of course, everybody goes see Zeppelin once a year. It must be a ritual or something. <laughs> since we've been touring so much, I haven't had the time. Do you think that Van Halen's the best heavy metal act now? I wouldn't call it heavy metal. Again, like yeah, good call. Um, I like to call it big rock, uh -huh. for lack of a better term. Well, it's got to look like it sounds and sound like it looks. Um, like we were talking when we looked at the uh, PA setup. Uh, it's not actually overkill. You know, <laughs> no. That's a jewel, man. I haven't heard that one before. <laughs> cool. I need more Alex. Yeah, Alex is quietly one of the funnier guys in the band. See, they totally. have, when you brought up the stand-up comedy uh, kind of approach to it, they, they've got that timing. They yeah, have, yeah. They've got the humor to it. They've got the intensity. They have that kind of setup. They know how to wow you. They know how to rope you in a little bit. <laughs> and they know when to wait for the applause to die right. before you nail them. I like Alex. He, he's a West Coast guy with an East Coast cadence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Because you don't hear Dutch in his, no. uh, you know? <laughs> it's, it's uh, you know what it is? It's I didn't go to college. That's what it is. That's, oh. that's why I have it too. Shall I play the next clip? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that was, that was great. Yeah. That was, that, uh, I'm a big fan of this song too. And this is, I don't know what you'd call this style that they get into on take your whiskey home i was wondering that myself it's there's some blues it's but it's, it's kinda, not blue it's not all the way blues it's not but there's the, the picking and the you know what it is it's just <laughs> it's just 100 edward man i guess so but you, okay maybe after the song or sorry yeah <laughs> no 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 just take your whiskey home this is another one of the old ones She don't want me around She said she's tired Of watching me fall down <laughs> She wants some good life I think that's the shit That started getting annoying to Eddie <laughs> And she said I think that you're headed for a whole lot of trouble Well I think that you're headed for a whole lot of trouble More of this stuff man Well I think that you're headed for a whole lot of trouble Kind of a rough edit right there, actually. If I'm <laughs> being is. honest, yeah, the levels weren't exactly. <laughs> All right, Ted. It is. It's... You get one of those, Ted. 
never noticed that until these really hear it on this man. <laughs> It's like the band is doing Cream and he's doing Al Jolson. <laughs> yeah, that's what's happening right there. But that's that range, like that that baritone where he's sitting in on this song. Oh, that's the Dave range spot. right there. Yeah, the strike zone. Fun beat right there. Dude, catch me by myself in my truck on the freeway with this song on and just I'm laying into my Dave impression like so hard. <laughs> Because it's it is right in that sort of you don't yeah. have to you don't have oh, the you, Pavarotti to pull this. You shit could off. almost do an octave lower and stay in there. Michael's doing an octave higher, two right. octave higher's than he is now. So you can find your fucking timber within this song. <laughs> There's room for everyone. There's room for everyone, and that's what, I mean they talk about that on some of these interviews. Yeah, where they're just like we're relatable. Van Halen is for everybody. See. This whole song has a drunken swagger to it. Like, the lyrics just match up so good. Yeah. <laughs> Ad libs in the back, killing me. <laughs> I, I do feel like in, in, after this tour. Solid when the record, you're like, did my record player just turn off? Eddie is, uh, is is probably getting, he's probably tuning Dave out when he's doing his his zoppity bops and the and uh, over his riffing, you know, because they, they don't need to be there. But that's also Dave, so yeah. eventually that oil and water the is not going to mix. Were in the back, pretty far. There. They were mixed back pretty far. <laughs> I didn't drink. I and, didn't have a drink. And I wonder if they, if Eddie is hearing it through monitors after a while when he's playing. I'm not saying it's the only thing, obviously that they, but there was friction, historically speaking. I think I don't think I'm ju- I don't think it's spoiler alert that these guys end up. I'll save it. I'll save it. Spoilers, dude. I don't. No, no, no. We're gonna save it for I mean, me. They, they, I mean, obviously they. Went off into the sunset, right? They ended up breaking until, up until Eddie. Di- what? This Van Halen, Stop. Van Halen with David Lee Roth anymore. ends up breaking up. Dude. I want to quit. I, I'm sorry. I did quit it? Now. Did you? I, did you know that, Augie? I didn't mean to. Listen, this up. just tell me they don't get together with, with like some shitty blonde guy replacement. Let me tell you what. <laughs> um, this may be controversial to say, but possibly the best is yet to come. Oh shit! All right. Well, I'll stick around then. I guess I'll wait around for that. <laughs> you know what? I got my song order mixed up. I thought you were going to play this next one. Oh. This is what I thought. Could but, this um, be magic with uh, Nicolette Larson singing back? This is, you You said earlier that we're going to have a uh, a non-member. Of, this is the first 
this is like Billy Preston playing on 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 the Beatles album, like being the oh no, was it Eric Clapton mm-hmm. on Coulter, uh, uh, uh Okay, now you're just well, making my star gently weeps. Somebody up. was the first guy not to be a Beatle to play on a Beatles record. You know what I'm saying? I said I know we're just probably a cello player on Eleanor Rigby. <laughs> I wish I had one dialed up. Nice story, bro. I'm gonna edit all that out. Uh, this, this is this, the song I thought you were describing, actually. Because yeah. I, I like what style do you, would you say this song is? Oh, this I the ragtime. I th- mm. I think this falls squarely down in the ragtime. Like this is where the Venn diagram of David e. Roth <laughs> and uh, Perry Farrell and Al Jolson come together. Okay, <laughs> you know what I mean, right? Like you see Perry pulling the, uh, like uh, what's the one? Thank you, boy. Oh yeah, you know yeah, totally. Saying? Yep, he's got it in him. He oh he does. He does, and it's a Hebrew song and dance man, and there is a sound Al Jolson. Yeah, there's. I there's, think they're all. It's like a, it's a performance method. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a well established, well, long honored tradition. What was That's the, a solid argument, man? Yeah. yeah. What was the name of the band that uh, David was watching that we talked about on the first episode? Oh, shit. oh uh, yeah. The Jim Dandy and the, the Jim, yeah. That's right. yeah. <laughs> I mean, Jim Dandy. S- straight grabbing, <laughs> straight grabbing, straight biting. All right, what style of music you think this is? We already <laughs> said that. Yes, ragtime. Boom, Perry Farrell. Space for me to edit all that out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Could this be magic? There really should be a question mark on the end of that, but they didn't. They didn't think that was appropriate. Do you know what I noticed about this band? They don't. They don't shy away from punctuation, and mostly shy towards the either. apostrophe and the innings. There's running. There's running. There's so many innings. Yeah, <laughs> running and crying. Uh, yeah, Aerosmith wishes. Lots of jumping. jumping. Lots of jumping. <laughs> okay, they got that one from the Stones, but could this be magic? And we heard slide on a Van Halen record. And some rain sounds. That's where they recorded that rain. Put it. Yeah, it was raining when they recorded that shit. Really? I was just reading that, yeah. And they recorded it in stereo. They set up two mics and hit left and right, so the rain was ambient. Out upon the islands on a cool summer night. But you don't got to hurry to your time. And this is... Dave on the other guitar. Yep. No shit. Yeah, I did not know that. Enough credit for that. Women's on your mind. What? Could this be magic? This is what our uh, crack Van Halen research team Uh, dug up. That makes sense. Right. So this is a live take, I bet you. This is a one-take Jake right here with Nicolette Sheridan doing the backup vocals. There is a one-take Jake on here, and you nailed it. This is very... Really? There's there's parts yeah, yeah. this is very red. they it, have it they these guys have it. this is red eyed yeah. yeah it's got to be sealed okay so add Anthony Kiedis to the he's not a Hebrew but he gets to be in the tradition of the uh, nope. L A song and dance man Mm-mm. yeah no way no I'll fight you I, I, please don't just could be your boat is coming in it's such a fun song though. Kind of a throwback to ice cream man a little bit. Mm-hmm. Hinted at it. She said, Could this be magic? Or could this be love? 
every one of their background vocals, their backup vocals, leaves a little space for you to sing along to. And it's almost impossible not to. I, uh, I'm trying really hard not to, but you can find <laughs> that's it. You can find your zone in there. These guys bring it to you. I'll say it for this whole album. It's a great car singing record. And a lot of their songs are, if not all of them, are taking you into account when they're writing. Like, people are going to dig this, and we like people. It's because you leave the extra chair for Elijah. Right. Okay? This is Hebrew Song and Dance Man 101. You're really opening my eyes here. He said, Edward, thank you. <laughs> and she says, Could this be magic? That's Nicolette Sheridan in the background there. Could this be love? And I say, Could this be tragic? You know that magic I'm living down. <laughs> Go Dave, man. Kind of the height of his powers, too. Better save the women and children cry. I mean, it just carries through acoustically. They they have their it's their touch. Yes. Edit out that touch shit. Yes. <laughs> that would it echo is, all the man. way up to Axl Rose there. Sure. <laughs> yes. Take that one to heart. They, they've got this... Oh, I got nothing there. They got a little special thing. They got a little uh, je ne sais, I don't know what. So what was that um, connection with that uh, that lady mm. singing background? Yes, Nicolette Larson, if you're thinking that name sounds familiar. Um, Edward, she sang back up on this song as a, to return the favor because Edward had played some guitar on a song for her on her album, Against Dave's Wishes... Really? No less. Because he wasn't into anyone doing anything outside the band. Mm. Wasn't feeling that. Mm. That's uh it feels like a little tension starting to form. A little tension starting to build up. Mm-hmm. Um but if you think that name sounds familiar, let me tell you why. Because she did this song. You said Eddie played on this too? Not this song. Oh, okay. This but is this, her, this is her song. That's right. Whoa. <laughs> There's your Nicholas Sheridan right there. That is some AM gold right there. Dude, I'm a lot of roller skating happening. Yes. This song back in the day. yes. There's a couple skate in the normal uh, direction. Oh, yeah. Now, if you're a single, you skate counterclockwise. If you're with your lady or your guy, skate clockwise and try to avoid the threesome. Look out for the bitch-ass losers going the wrong direction. Marsha, we have a milkshake that spilled on aisle three. Go fucking pick it up. Do not shoot the duck on this song, please, on the floor. Do not shoot the duck. (laughs) No finger blasting on the mushroom seats. No finger blasting on the mushroom seats. We got a crying kid in the corner without a mom. <laughs> Looking for a mom for what's his name? Jake. That is Nicolette Sheridan. But the uh, see if you can find the Van Halen member on this track. These sessions sound fun.
Is that a cowbell is. going? It's that not, is, that it's is not a Alex, but that's a cowbell. 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 Is this this is her again? This is Nicolette's? This is Nicolette's. Uh, this is the one. It's yeah. on that same album from that song you just heard. With, but with uh, Edward backing her up. If you listen, to, it's a yeah. little vibrato he's got that nobody has. And he, he's laying up in the cut like Neo Sporin right now, but yeah, yeah. when he comes out... No, you hear, you hear it immediately when the songs kick it off. What I want to say is, I didn't see you, I didn't see that you were going to play the second one afterwards. For some reason, when I was like, is this the one? You're like, nah. I was like, ah, oh, too bad. <laughs> <laughs> like, I seriously, like I wasn't going to get there? <laughs> yeah, totally went on that journey. <laughs> I never let you down, Chris. <laughs> no, sir. Um, we'll turn this down until it gets to the solo, because this, you know, it's not the... Well, what time we, uh, did he record on Beat It? That was 83. Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> fuck you, I'm going to record on whatever I feel like. Yeah. And you can feel how you want to feel about it, Dave. Yeah. But this might have been the start of that. I think this is the first, uh, what do you call that? A red flag? <laughs> with, with the big white stripe down the down the center of it, down the forty five degree angle. And oh, there he is. Hmm. <laughs> Just can't help it. I love how he he does fit into the track though. Yeah, that was cool. He finds his place in the track, and it wasn't really sore thummy. Like a bar, you're like, oh right, that's Ed. <laughs> yeah, but way to way to just sink in and be a dude in the band. You know, that's the humbleness of him. It's a half a cigarette song, <laughs> right? <laughs> half a case of Schlitz, <laughs> two packs of Marlboros. Call it a deal. That, yeah, I'm sure he didn't do it for the bread. I mean, he didn't take any money for Beat It. Uh, He's a, that kind of guy. Yeah. He's just yeah. two takes, too. Yeah. That was, really? Yeah, it was like a half hour. Yeah, I believe it. <laughs> well, you heard the jovialness at the beginning of the track. This hey, is that like, good? Yeah. Nicolette yeah. seems like one of those really laid back SoCal. Totally. Come in, lay your thing down, Eddie. Yeah. That's all I'm asking. Come out to the canyon. You know, yeah, fuck it. I'll go. We're just. <laughs> <laughs> It's almost like Al Pacino. Like there's the, like the high Eddie voice <laughs> in the early days, and then it gets deeper later on. Yeah, totally he, right. ma- he matures into it. Uh, that does bring us to why did the Kindle app just open? That's crazy. Um, this brings us to the final song on this album. Or is it? Dun, dun, dun. Do you? Is it? Yeah. Marvel thinks they invented the post credit scene, but Van Halen did. This is in a simple rhyme. This is another one that's old. This one goes back away. There's old, actually, those, uh, we'll get into that, but you, you sent me some old demos. But even there's, we had versions, I don't know if we played it on when we were doing the the real way back, like from the Broken Combs to the, there was they, there's it. old, old versions of this song. Of this one? Yeah. 
And speaking of first, I think this is the first appearance of a 12 string on a oh, no song. Dude, they're just they're just having at it on this fucking album. Completely. I love it. Piano slide, 12 string, Warlitzers. Women. Speakers yeah. getting kicked. <laughs> oh, I can... seconds of that song that's commitment that's tension and release right there yeah at it's finest roll right into that quick tom fill and boom he, that was a drum version of zibbity bops for sure he's zibbity bopping on the snare drum yeah and, and you know i like to say that they were call out that this, this is a mugging band like they all have faces they all have several faces they all have characteristics to the way they play Four they love hitting that shit yeah, Alex is, is right in there. The song is, has a lot of good dynamics, too. Yeah. This whole breakdown, or not yet. Yeah. The next, the next go around the bridge is yeah. fantastic. Birds singing and mountains and Like in the other the other version, he's been that way for a long, long year. Yeah, I was always I was always got tripped up on that, but thought it was cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I like the guitars here too. This is very Who-ish. Right. Even down to the bass, the, little, the real busy bass. Yeah. Uh, here's the breakdown Augie was talking about. The background vocals, man. Angels, I tell you. Right. They're so full. I feel like I'm looking at the Olympics right now on a, on a blue day, a blue sky day. Now, he could have totally gone for a talkie part here, but they already had one. Because he's, he's singing. On the album. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dude, those, back, right? those backups are awesome. That angel is Michael Anthony. <laughs> I think maybe that mullet was doing a little singing too on its own. It's the unsung background singing. That's, yeah. that's the, the who right there. Yeah, yeah. That's so intwistly. Yeah. Big simple crashes. Like, we know he loved Keith Moon. Yeah, for sure. They're, this is all of them saluting. Everybody's getting down. Everybody was getting theirs there. Yeah. Eddie was soloing, but everybody was going for that right there. That yeah. Good. That was fun. That's a good time. It's a good time. It sounds like they had a good time <laughs> recording been that way for this. a long, long year. Oh. 
I remember this one being a real standout the first time I had... God, now I'm losing track if we were standing outside when I told the story. <laughs> there was yeah, a mic earlier. Fire away. But I had this album on a cassette. I bought it from a store, but one side was this album, the other side was Fair Warning. And it was on a on one cassette. It was the Super Saver series that you could get. You know, <laughs> there's such short albums you can pop one on a on the on a one side of a cassette. And God, I would roll these. Well, that was the album. There it is. It's it's over. It's done. There's nothing left to say. Oh. What? You set me up again. If you're old like us, and you had that on cassette or vinyl, that was a fade out, right? And they wanted to fade, start the next album. They were supposed that. to start uh, "Fair Warning," what would come to be "Fair Warning" with that riff. They it's, never did. It's like a cool. reverse bookend, right? You know, it's like when you <laughs> take <I> tenant. <laughs> <laughs> this whole album's a palindrome, dude. You didn't know that? I didn't know that. <laughs> hey, fucking spell it either way, frontwards same or backwards. Way. I don't same give a fuck. It's spelled the same way both ways. You didn't know that? <laughs> That's why there's wings. <laughs> <laughs> they would connect them. Tenant. They would connect them. Yes, you did. <laughs> oh, let me see what I've got to say about this record. Oh, yeah, no, we got to get to the. Uh, we got some special sauce for uh, We got some is. special sauce. Speaking of, yeah, the post credit scene. Our Van Halen researchers were hard Crack on the case. Van Halen this research yeah. team, right, came up with some, and that, what a thrill! Because for guys that know about like the red ball jets and painting numbers I on have sidewalks, never, thank you, internet. Yeah, I had never heard this track before. Yeah, I uh, I stumbled across it, and I guess what it what this is is a uh, one page I read up on. Um, I think this was sent out to the fans, like their their fan club. Okay, fan club like singles on, like on the back. It has like shout outs to the fan club and all this stuff. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, that that's that's pretty much. It's called. Um, and it, yeah, it's just uh, a lot of rough tracks. Um, this is yeah, but, this is like demos and and stuff they were working on for this album. Yeah, I mean, it, you could tell it's it's all there, and then they just kind of some of them don't have vocals, but there's this one track. It's got it's um, just an instrumental that I've never heard. You, me neither, till this day. And Chris is going to hear it for this the first a, time right now. Uh, I've only heard it one take. time, and uh, and I didn't. It is said on the internet that this contains pieces that end up in uh, good enough. Fifty-one fifty. Yeah, on the fifty-one yeah, fifty album, and I I, I didn't I pick it up the it. first pass, but I'm interested to listen. It's like I watched Tenet twice, and I picked up more shit the second time. You gotta watch that twenty times. <laughs> Still on my fifth. I've heard this song probably more than twenty times. No, 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 I haven't. What part of the tenant stream are you in, man? Oh man, I'm in a reverse pincer right now, but I'm only like a third of the way through. You know, I haven't even seen I that movie. Tell you yet. How, I don't want to let you good. know what happens. What? It's a good movie. I think so. Yeah. It's very no. It's the most Nolan-y, Nolan-est, Nolan movie ever. <laughs> Nolan in Nolan Nolansville. Yeah, it really is. It's like he's finally got like a whole team of Batmans and uh, they time travel. It's fucking fantastic. What? Yeah, it's great. But if you're a Red Dwarf fan, they already did that a long time ago. That's but anyways, right. I digress. He Get to is a Red Dwarf fan. It's the only way Lister could be his own father. 
You know what I'm saying? Dude, let's not let's not segue. <laughs> let's get to this. All right, this, this good shit right is now. a lost until today for me, and I don't know when Augie found it, but uh, it's called "Fake Like It Hurt." Make no wait Act like it hurts. <laughs> <laughs> Sammy uh, right this? That's all right. I tried right? to read it. This too. is very Sammy. This is prophetic. Act like it hurts. Alex and Mike are so in each other's back pocket right there. Yeah. Yep. They are. They're fucking moving. Sure. Let's try that double time. Let's just fucking explore that. Edit in the right answer. <laughs> I think I heard a little bit of Get Up or what song? I wait, 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 wait. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you hear there? Doc, <laughs> drink for the cowbell. I think the Get Up part, I think I just heard. Get, we'll have to listen to that after the show. Shaking off some Dance the Night Away right here. Right. Love this group. There it is. That's the 5150 right there. That's a very 5150 feel for yeah. sure. <laughs> just stop it. That's just silly now. <laughs> yeah, Mikey, you're gonna have to cut that crap out. <laughs> but it's a Jack Daniels bass. Now put it away. <laughs> It's the whole, I, the whole groove of this song. I think Eddie's 5150 tone is rounded out more, maybe even or more razor sharp and not so jagged edge as the these first three, four albums. such a good jam it's not like they're not trying to be like anybody yeah, yeah. And they're all getting their their, their own in all in getting there. their rocks off that's why it must not have, oh. 
That's why they didn't do it. It was too fun. Dave didn't. That had like, can you imagine a whole like, bunch of changes like, in there and everything? Like, that's what I want to see I, when they go through those archives. When Alex and Wolf oh go God, through them, like right? stuff like that. That's on right. like tw- two inch tape somewhere. Like waiting I want to be remastered. Like more, more of that. Oh my God! Is I, I bet you that Ted and Don are no longer with us. I, I'm wagering. How do you mean? Ted, uh, I just don't think they're alive anymore. No, no, no. Ted, no. Ted, Ted Tillman just still... came back. He just put a book out, right? Well, uh, about about Templeman? two, three years ago, Ted Templeman uh, had a fucking stroke, heart attack, stroke. Uh, what they did through Elon Musk is cut <laughs> off his head and they uploaded <laughs> his consciousness and then he wrote a book. Ah, uh, see. And, so, and he flies rockets now, too. And the sound system on those rockets with the Phoenix one and all that stuff. Killer. Yeah. And? That's what they recorded on the beginning of Lost Control. Tour, tour, tour. <laughs> um, fuck, what are you talking about? Uh, if yeah, they're... Templeman. Don Landy. Yeah, because they're, they're, they're trying to get him for that uh, sound studio um, oh, okay, so YouTube page. Still... They're trying to get Don Landy to come in. Yeah, he needs to. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need a drop of just the cigarette drug. Oh, yeah. Don Landy. Oh. <laughs> I'll work with him again. Yeah, what it, I mean, and, and I get it. I've heard uh, Wolfgang talk about, you know, him and Alex actually getting down to the work of sifting through that. Yeah. I can't They're not imagine. ready yet. Oh, yeah. And I no. get it. Sure. But Dude, wow. how exhausting it would that be to other than just how I mean, much fucking time that would take and the kid's emotionally got his own music to make you know this might, yeah exactly this might be a little bit of a segue but like just i never really thought about it because you, you attach feelings to to music a lot or like you're you remember what was going on mm-hmm. and i remember um ozzy's kid it was some youtube clip i saw but he was trying to get him whatever his name i can't remember jack his name. He found some, he he got a hold of some old uh, 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 sessions with Randy Rhodes from the early like those first albums. Yeah, the Blizzard. And and on the show he was on, he was trying to get his his dad to come down. It's like, hey dad, uh, like, you know, it's part of the show. It's like, hey, come yeah. down to the studio. We got some Randy Rhodes stuff. We'd love to get you know. And and as a fan, but as a fan, <laughs> you're just thinking like, oh fuck yeah, that'd be fucking rad. Let's let's check this out and not thinking like. Cause he has it. He didn't want to do it. Uh, like he said no for. He kept saying no. Don't want to do it. Don't want to do it. It's too and then he, much. And then he, 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 he got he got him to go down there. And yeah, like you just when you see him listening to him, and you do think like, oh fuck, that's his friend. He's listening he's to like they had a lot of that, yeah. exactly. So like I, that's a long way of saying like I can imagine like trying yeah. to get to those archives would be like. It's gonna be. You're a not gonna. Yeah, I mean, we're not ready anyway. Basically, no, wait no. for this podcast to reach its. It's Zenith by the end of next year or whenever that is. Well, I, lo- I love that you can release that. Fucking came in. This is the first time I heard that. That's, that's, that's brilliant, right? That's brilliant. That's, that's awesome. fresh. Uh, except we're going to listen to Make It Work after after this and figure out how I just, the hell that connects. I do want to clarify that when I said that's fresh, I mean to my ears and not using fresh as I think fresh? that was Not dope. a pH fresh. Not a pH fresh. <laughs> fresh. No, that was straight up fresh. Um... So this tour they'd run off on, their first like full time big boy, headlining tour. Yeah. Around the world. So this album comes out right. It comes out in. This is what I'm wondering here. Help me navigate this. Mm-hmm. 
like the twenty something of March. Twenty sixth. The twenty sixth of March, nineteen eighty. Yeah. Yep. When do they start the tour? Um, that actually starts in Victoria, BC, on when? March 9th. Oh, March ninth. March nineteenth. Or nineteenth, exactly. Nineteen eighty. They start touring before this album drops. Oh, I didn't do that math. Look at that. Now their oh, last like five to- days before the record. Yeah, in Canada. Yeah, they're they're last they started the tour in Canada, in Victoria of all places. Said, yeah. That's cool. So yeah, the On north the north. That's when you get to say North American tour. Yeah, you know, you get you, get to, you get to cross a border they're on an island in <laughs> British Columbia. Right, they just start up and work their way down. Yeah, it's like going downhill, traveling south. I always like to travel south. It feels downhill. That was uh, Treebeard from Lord of the Rings. I was, was going to say, is that an ant? Yes, that was yeah, an that was solid, man. <laughs> Thanks, solid. Man. Thank you. Um, so their first, their first headlining tour, the last one we talked about, their album's basically coming out that the next day, yeah. you know, right, right then and there. They're like, listen, we can jump ahead of this. Yeah. We get a few Canadian gigs under our belt. A little, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they got this thing called a phone. People call each other and tell them how good the show is. I think Stan Lee is all is related to fucking Ted. Sounds like no monk. Yeah. Um, that guy was, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dirty so, birdies. They, they do this tour for eight months. Fuck, right yeah. at end of November Six 15th. months was their last big tour. Yeah. yeah. Tack Just on tack a little a bit. more. We're making dollars, boys. You guys got the endurance. This thing is rolling. Run it all the way to Thanksgiving. You like bread, don't you? From March to Thanksgiving. <laughs> right? Just think about the lockdown we right? just had. <laughs> wow. And that was their tour. World invade in- Invasion Tour. Yes. They're calling it. The last one was the World Vacation Tour. This is the World Invasion Tour. Cheeky boys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're calling it. They refer to their lifestyle at this point as vacation. All the like time. They're, they're just like, we're, we're, we're killing it's it. It's like Aerosmith. We, we all love each other. This is never going to end. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Um, on this tour, do you remember uh, some shit that happened? Maybe a little trouble oh, trouble some, with the law. Someone else got a guacamole on their jacket. This is uh, they got guacamole. <laughs> on. Threw something green in the audience. <laughs> That's right. David Lee Roth in in Cincinnati, Ohio, threw a lit joint into the audience, and uh, at least the the police were courteous and waited till he got off stage to arrest him. Yeah, he went yeah. pokey for a little. That bit was for that one. That was nice. That was just over a month from the start of the tour. Yeah, and I think you remember that footage from the is it the Panama video where he's in cuffs like in a towel yeah. coming out of the I think that's I think that is literally <laughs> No. Is it right? No, oh, I don't know. Oh, think, no, I maybe he got arrested a few times. He had like... that look on his face like it wasn't me. <laughs> Where'd my pants go? <laughs> what happened to you? Where's that cartoon? <laughs> the David Lee Roth mysteries. Yeah, oh, I'm watching that. Shit, he teams up with Mike Tyson. Is brilliant. <laughs> Let's make that right now. I will draw the fuck out of that. <laughs> yeah, that just happened, you guys. I love it. I don't even know what button to make it stop. That's the thing. You can't stop this band right back, now. Man. This is some live tracks that they're gonna, uh, they're gonna eventually okay, turn I'll, into I'll tunes. <laughs> so here's another thing. While, Honestly, I while, can't turn while it we off. figure out the technical difficulties, the thing about this demo when you listen to it, 
And this is like a testament to uh, David Lee Roth, I think, because um, did, did you listen to a lot, of, much of it, or just of the, the, the the demos? Yeah, yeah. And his it seemed like his were kind of the scratch vocals on a lot of them. Yeah, I thought and maybe I, like "Take Your Whiskey Home" might have been album. And there's another song, and I the 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 intro's a little different. It sounds a little bit like um, "Dance the Night Away" at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And some of the lyrics were um, like a little bit like the ad libs were weird and different. That's what. Yeah. That's exactly what I was getting at. Because um, I was just reading up on this whole thing, and that's what they were saying. Like when he came in for a lot of uh, these songs and stuff, like the um, the beginning of the the second song. Um, over the drums. Everybody over, wants them, yeah. Like he came in and just uh, just ripped on that day. So it was just like whatever he was feeling when he came in is the sense I got. Like because yeah. when you listen to that those de- those uh, studio sessions, yeah, it's, it, he's scatting a little. It's a little bebop here and the scat here, different <laughs> right. than Trying what to you find remember. It. Yeah, and it, but but what amazes me is like you have that. Um, have you seen Junior's Grace? Like you're just yeah. gonna throw that line out, <laughs> and that's like the classic fucking yeah. quote, you yeah. know. Yeah. Like he has so many of them, right? It's, it's all about riffing, finding, yeah. man. It's about finding yeah. like the space in that rest for like yep. four mm-hmm. beats while he's just sustaining. What you got? One liner to drop in there. We're talking a lot about their playing, but we should really mention their listening. Oh boy, these guys are listening to what they're what each other's doing. They're playing off each other, fucking. Unless you want to cut Dave off before he comes in. <laughs> Oh well, you know what, and and this is. Uh, but they left it. That's the they that's left. They left exactly. It. Yeah, they, <laughs> like, left they didn't it. have to. No, no. But uh, there's like a, it's not, it kind of happens again in uh, in Mean Streets too when he does his rap. Like there's weirdness. <laughs> is know. it is it like how Mikey on the first album where the third beat of the <laughs> I know they, they, they do one every yeah, album that's, that's notice Q, that that's QAnon shit you're they're doing one right well they do one every that's... album is that deniable is that deniable so I wanted to talk about the Floyd Rose thing a little bit uh-huh. and and this is a little bit for Top Jimmy eighty four because I know a couple episodes ago we were talking about the Floyd Rose thing and how uh, Edward was all the inventive stuff he came up with with the uh, with the uh, guitar um the hardware yeah the yeah electronics there, there's a lot, his, there's his a con- lot there that's like a whole nother, we could actually do like a whole se- the innovation of it yeah yeah for sure yeah. Ooh, nice and, but i've <laughs> people listening we do this on the fly and sometimes i just like it's just <laughs> off the cuff and when we brought up like the Floyd Rose thing in my mind i'm like yeah when like i've never thought of that but like yeah when did it come out and i'm like trying to you, I remember you were asking like what the difference was between the Floyd Rose, that was the innovation yep. from like the old ones that say were like on a strat. Mm-hmm. They were just on a piece of metal you bent. Yeah, and um, no, exactly, and it would get out of tune. Like you watch Jimi Hendrix play, which is a good example. Like he was fucking beating the shit out of those yeah. fenders, and it was going out of tune, and it still sounded badass. Yeah. But the so the innovation was, um, and I remember trying to describe it. I don't know. I felt like a marble mouth. I don't want to piss off fucking Top Jimmy eighty four too. I want to get this shit the straight. Guy's still giving you the hassle. Because I just want to know. Because I'm a nerd too for this kind of shit, and I never really thought about it. But now we have the internet. So Floyd Rose. Okay, let me. I our crack Van Halen research team came up with all this shit. Floyd D Rose working right now. And Floyd oh, here's. <laughs> Here's the thing too. When I started researching, this is why I even brought it up because, because when we were talking about it, and that's what I was thinking, like, because randomly it was like Eddie had some involvement in it, and I wasn't sure what it was, mm. and that's what made our crack team 
dig deeper. <laughs> and this, it, and after I was reading all this, I was like, this would be my second drunk history story if I ever did it. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, well, you're halfway there. Dude. The second one. The other one. That, that just became a goal to get you on drunk history. That's awesome. <laughs> That's a whole nother. Anyway, so yeah, Floyd D. Rose, he invented the locking vibrato in 76, all right? So th- <laughs> <laughs> That's sure, what it said. <laughs> because think about it. Yeah, like Jimi Hendrix is beating the shit out of his fenders like in the early 70s oh, yeah. before when, when he passes. So this guy, so here's the story. Floyd's like, we got to do something. Um, and I'm just I'm just reading this off of the Wiki, uh, Wikipedia, but um, so th- they talk about how it, the whole design is revolutionary. Revolutionary um, guitar world said it was the most uh, earth shaking guitar innovation and guitar player greatest moment in guitar history. Blah Holy blah blah. Shit. So at the time, here's what I found interesting: like digging into it. At the time, Rose. He made and sold jewelry, and so he had the skills and tools to fabricate small metal parts. After noticing the strings move, because he was he played guitar, obviously, right? So after noticing the strings move freely with the regular nut design, he made a brass nut that locked the strings in place with three U-shaped, U-shaped clamps. He installed this nut in his 1957 Fender. Okay, um, and then uh, he made let's see, he made the first bridges and nuts, which were quickly picked up by uh, guitarists at the time, like uh, Eddie. Yeah. Um, Neil Sean, Brad Gillis, Steve Vai. So in 79, okay, so when he goes to a certain city in a certain state. Oh. In, uh, okay, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Damn it. <laughs> I'm getting all my stories mixed up here. All right. So, so basically he's trying to figure out how to get this, keep this fucker in tune. Right. Yeah, yeah. And he has, and he has this like jewelry thing going on where he has like those kinds of intricate kind of. He's like he, he recognizes the shit. problem. He he's knows there's got to be an. There's got, got to be a loop. better way. And so, before we get to that, to wrap that first part up, so there's all of that stuff, and basically the rest of the, um, the rest of the story goes like he it. it as he innovates it, like this, so this is off of the wiki page. All right. This is really turning into fucking drunk history. Jesus Christ. <laughs> we just made your dream come true in like two minutes, Chris. Dream makers. So, so basically, the, the way the wiki page starts to wrap it up, he, he's, he starts to innovate it. But the thing is, like, everyone starts ripping off his idea. He's working with different uh, guitar companies to try to put it out, right? So it's a, like a matter of like patent. And then there's a lot of patent issues that yeah. come up. So it's like the patent issues and then the distribution. Like it's this whole like this. It could be a fucking movie or something. Yeah, like yeah. Fucking HBO Max series. Anyway, so he does that, <laughs> and then uh, they kind of wrap it up in the early. Anyway, and he and he wins a lawsuit because it's like a whole fucking drama. Damn, I didn't realize right? there's so much drama behind the but, um, Where's his headspace at? Right at this point, is is Floyd starting to lose it, or is he? Where's his headspace? Well, I'll tell you what. He won a hundred million dollars against <gasps> Gary Collar for um, this other. It's just a whole thing. I'm trying to <laughs> like copyright <laughs> it's, it's, It was a whole thing. It's a whole thing, man. <laughs> so so Floyd, it's, you know what? Exactly. Floyd fought fought for it. Every fought for it. Floyd fought for it. Um, Fucking Floyd fought for it. So, anyways, um, good. There's all this drama, and it, it gets all figured out. But so. But basically, long wave to say, like, I'm reading all this looking for the Eddie connection. And there's it, it's just all about him and, and his innovations for this thing and, and the end result of all this drama. 
I was like, oh, nothing about Eddie. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I dig a little deeper, and I found this other art. Um, where was this other part? So that was the end of Floyd, Mr. Floyd Rose. So this transitions now over to Eddie. This is this is no, no, Eddie, totally right. This is getting to Eddie's POV. And so this is off of. Um, I found this on UltimateGuitar.com. Ultimate-Guitar.com. Oh, the magazine. And the um, Eddie quoted and, and as the a, headline. The headline says uh, Van Halen. Uh, I came up with a key component of Floyd Rose. They fucking patented it behind my back. Exclamation Whoa. point. I didn't see it going that way. So, <laughs> no. So, this is where I was like, oh, all right, this is getting, we're getting into it. Exactly. Um, Eddie Van Halen accused Floyd D. Rose, the inventor of Floyd Rose, of taking a crucial contribution he gave to the locking vibrato arm and, and patenting it uh, in his own name. And then I'll try to no break shit. this down real quick. So then it goes on. He goes, um, oh, <laughs> in 79, when we played a show in Seattle, Eddie says, Help! Help! this is Van Halen, and we are listening to Larry, Moe, Curly, and Shemp, basically. Shout out to Seattle Radio right there. So they're playing Seattle in 79, and we were doing the rough math on this earlier. That yeah. was like Van Halen 2, probably. That was the right? previous tour to the one they're on. Yep. And you said they, they probably two nights two in a row. shows. And this probably so Tacoma Dome had to be, right? I'm guessing. It I wasn't was. Here. Coliseum. No, I don't think. Yeah, Tacoma Dome, I don't think, was built. Uh, I think we're they, talking about the Coliseum. The Coliseum. Or the, uh, what was the old arena. Which used to be called the Mercer Arena, and now it's called the. Op- it's, like, it's not there anymore. Oh, <laughs> no, I saw Tool there. I saw Megadeth there. I saw Megadeth Mercer there. Arena. Shut the fuck up. So this is '79. Uh, ben Hans playing in Seattle, and uh, somebody comes in and says, "Hey, there's a guy named Floyd Rose, and he wants to show you something." <laughs> and this is Eddie. This is Eddie's. Uh, him saying this, he goes. He comes in, and goes, "You want to try this?" And I say. <sighs> <laughs> sure <laughs> what the fuck why not so i gave him one of my guitars and asked him to put it in because i didn't know how to do it it was different to the fender tailpiece and it wasn't a direct swap so i tried it once it was ready to go and it was a pain in the ass <laughs> so this guy's approaching him to check so all this out <laughs> and, well so here so he uh he tries it out uh for one, the Allen screws on the neck were very small, and in order to torque it down, you'd either strip the Allen keys or the screw would strip. But more importantly, when you're playing the guitar, this is all him talking, yeah. things bend and they move and the neck shifts a little bit. Depending on the temperature of the gig, from the beginning <laughs> to the end, the temperature fluctuates. So be- this is him on Van Halen 2 yeah. talking, yeah. breaking this down. This so between every fucking song, I had to unclamp and tune, exclamation wow. point. And then Dave and the rest of the guys would bring w- would be going, is he ready yet? It was just a pain in the ass. So first I told him, beat the thing up because I keep snapping shit. Reaching the part with his contribution. Okay, so here, here's where he goes. Um, he gave him the R and the D. Yeah. <laughs> So he comes back the next year with a beefed up model, but there was still the problem of solving the tune between every song. So I told him, put some fine tuners on it. I played a little cello and violin when I was in elementary school 
And those instruments have five finger adjustable fine tuners. <sighs> okay. <laughs> then the third year he comes along and goes, I did it. And I go, no, you fucking numb nut, because now you needed a wrench to fine tune it. So now instead of three, you've got nine, you know? <laughs> this is the last part that wraps it up. He goes, I'm going, no, you didn't. I meant fucking finger tuners. You've seen them before. Then he patents the fucking thing behind my back. Piss me off. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Dude, it's how crazy, crazy is that? It's what crazy. a tale. He just gives it away. Just, you know what? He's Boom. left so much money. Yeah, just like Thriller. Just but it's such it like an that important sucks. part of that uh, whole thing coming together. Yeah, how wow. many units uh, and he was right. Floyd Rose tremolo did he move oh, in the man. 80s and the 90s? Ridiculous amount. Yeah, thanks, Ed, for the input. Do you think he still used them after that? Eddie, that is? With the yeah, it's fucking my idea. <laughs> of course I use it. It's my idea. But, uh, well, okay. Mr. I got a EVH. Um, is it a Floyd Rose or is it like this Eddie Van Halen tremolo system he's got I in that thing? I think it is a Floyd Rose. Okay, so he, he had to grin and bear it and just fucking go with it. Damn. Yeah. Damn. Wow. Nice one, dude. Injustice. But I love that whole coming back around to like, well, I was playing the cello when I was a kid, you fuck. <laughs> <laughs> haven't you seen like, like haven't you seen those? <laughs> it's like kid stuff. <laughs> playing the cello when he's four. This, uh, so he was definitely using them. So when he's talking about using that guitar and having a tune between every song, it's probably this tour. If he got it and first checked it out with him on the last tour, you think he's he's integrated it this time or is this the new and improved it had to be right yeah maybe he's still doing he's his research and development out here yeah it sounds like phase two right he had some uh they they van halen had some uh interesting openers on this tour as well we listened a couple last time and once again it's like um i don't know if it's a curse or what but none of these guys ever really got famous no and not probably the, the biggest thing that not yet. <laughs> God willing, man, you know, everybody's still got a chance. But uh, this one's fun because uh, for the first half of this world tour, their opening act was a band called Rail, who was uh, the pride of Bellevue, Washington, which if you know your Seattle topography, that is to the east side, and that is, and actually in the late 70s, early 80s, you wouldn't even have recognized the place. Talk about just like Mayberry. You know, yeah, no, so no big high rises or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, there, there wasn't such a thing as yuppies yet, and it was just a, it was just rural a little bit. Well, let's see, nineteen eighty, it was it was yuppies. They just weren't out here. Yeah, east no. East Coast, they, 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 a lot of them take another couple of years to make it out here. It does, but uh, they had a song there. If they had a hit, it was called "Hello" from nineteen eighty, which is. This is, they're peaking right Yeah, now. okay. And they got to open for Van Halen for half the tour, and uh, they sound like, like this. 30-something shows. Okay, they sound like this. <laughs> That's a little proto Motley Crue right there. A little bit. Yeah, yeah. 
All right, two guitarists, bass, drums, waiting for that singer. That's a little rush right there. <laughs> or yes, yeah, he's got the... Willy, oh, willy, uh, willy, willy. <laughs> Domo Arigato, guys. Sticks. Sticks, yeah, yes. Uh, you have to have the guitar, the keyboard. Uh, <laughs> right. This okay. It's very yeah. sticky. It was uh, Bellevue's The Pride of Bellevue. That's awesome. Highland man. High Good School, right there. Yeah. No shit. They, there's a little section devoted to them in the uh, EMP here in town. That's cool. really the, yeah to rail music pro- to rail. I mean, oh, they were shit. If you were around in 1980 and listen, which I, I was in kindergarten, so. Fuck me, I wasn't at the rail show. Sorry, Matt Pinfield, I wasn't there. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't see it. They were kind of a big deal, I guess. Do you have anything by the uh, the Cats and Talus? Listen to, okay. Talus. Talus What's this? Segue? Boy, we got mysteries here. Connection. Talus, this is an easy one. If anyone's familiar with David Lee Roth's later work, you know Billy Sheehan. Yeah, of course, Mr. Big. Billy Sheehan was the bass player. In both of those. No he shit. played bass for David okay. Lee Roth. He played okay. bass for Mr. Big. This sounds like another but theory. But before he did all that, he played bass for a band called Talus. What? Who opened up for Van Halen on this tour. What? So maybe that's uh, connections happening yeah. here. Uh, and Talus, their big song was, uh, especially right in, when they're on this tour, is called Sink Your Teeth Into That. That's like, too many suck words. on this one that's time too many is words. what they're saying. They could have just called it Chomp. Phasers. Okay, already I'm in a, I'm in a montage. I think it's a bike riding montage. I think I want to get better at riding a bike. And, uh, and oh, yep, yellow lines are going by. It's sunny, though. It's the morning, because I'm a go-getter at this point in my life. I feel like he's just on a cliff, like... Singing to the to the sunset. On the bike, I pass this guy who's <laughs> on a cliff, Southern Cali, singing, singing to. Is there are there cliffs in Southern Cali? Yes. Or good ledges. Some good mountains. Yeah, good. Oh, okay. okay, he's up there. I'm away from the coast. A little queenie right there. That is a little bit queenie. Wait, you mean their sound or that fucking vision I had of this montage? <laughs> yeah, all of that. Well, that's what Talis sounds like, though. Wow. And they got to open up like the second half of the tour. That's some solid, good early '80s rock that's right 1980, there, man. Some 1980. That's turn of the decade. That was the future right there, as far as like they that, knew. That song has a little bit of everything that's about to come. <laughs> True, right? Yeah. It's a little prophetic. Yeah, I feel like if I saw Van Halen right now and Talis opened up, I wouldn't be stoked. But I think in 1980, I, I would have been fine oh, with it on the Vanguard. If I was oh, of yeah. age, Dude, yeah, you know? you'd be going back to school the next day with your Van Halen shirt <laughs> and going like, you know, that fucking bang Talis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, your bass player was sick. <laughs> uh, <laughs> have you ever gone to a rock show and? When you bought the shirt, actually not bought the headliner shirt? Yes. You bought the opener shirt? Yeah. Yeah. The aforementioned Megadeth show at the Mercer <laughs> Arena. I bought the COC t-shirt. Um, hey, let me tell you what Eddie had to say about uh, selling out the forum the first time uh, on this tour. Yeah, it was cool. The garage now selling out the forum as quick as we did. We were in Japan, sold it out in an hour and a half. The manager calls up, you know, he goes... Well, guys, guess what? 
you know what, you sound depressed, no, it's going to be sold for him an hour and a half. Well, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a dream come true, you know? That's, that's the same as winning Best Guitarist, Rock Guitarist of the Year, you know? I've seen every band go through that place ever since, you know, I was a kid learning how to play guitar. And there we were, selling it out an hour and a half. There you go. I mean, life goals getting achieved by right. the young 23, 24-year-old. That's so cool. Yeah. This is what that is. That's what happens when you get Rail and Talus opening up for you. Yeah. You and asked me you about know, the cats, you know what? You know what Rail and Talus are like? They're like the um, Arn Anderson in the WWF, you know, like good wrestler, but always going to be the guy who's just wearing the... Yeah, just the, uh, he's, yeah. He's not gonna have a winning record. Little briefs, <laughs> yeah. Little loser briefs. Yeah, the uh, the baby face is is fucking Van Halen. Yeah, they they they. I'm not. They, I don't think they ever become the heel. They've always felt like they're they're baby face straight through. Van Halen. Yeah. In a wrestling metaphor, or simile. Well, what the next record might be a heel turn. That clip you pulled was that from this tour? Yes, that was from uh, his... that was him talking. That was once again him talking to uh, Steve Rosen. Here I'll say two two things about that, which are well, number one, that's early like Al Pacino, high voice, Eddie, <laughs> right? <laughs> but but that's my point is yeah. like because he's in his early twenties, dude, and like just think about all those things he just said, like oh I, I got guitarist of the year, we <laughs> just sold out in an hour and a half of the forum, and he's how old? Twenty four. Like he yeah. got three albums in and he's got to where I'm sure he like imagined a thousand times this kid from fucking Amsterdam coming <laughs> to the States with his second generation or I can't do math they right now. Grandparents. Well, yeah. yeah. Dude, like that's fucking crazy. And listen to how, how like humble. Like Wolfgang's first generation. Yes. Yeah. That, that's how the like math he... works out. But, but, <laughs> right. but listen to how humble he is. I know. It's... He's yeah. so fucking humble, man. Talking about all the bands he saw come to the forum, and he's stoked because that's where he the club got now. to see other bands be awesome and turn him on, and now he gets to be the guy. Yeah, yeah, that's that was true, a good clip. That's the true love, man. They hit they, and this time they didn't bounce too much. They went North America, Europe, North America, out. They played the the Pink Pop Festival. Yeah, did all the festivals. fifty thousand people or something yeah. like that. That's a lot of Dutch folks. Yeah, I mean they must have arrived like conquering heroes. They t- they totally right. Probably named a street after them or a canal. I wonder if there's a are there other Van Halens out there? And do the they matter? have a band? No, <laughs> no. But they would ride this tour all the way out until November fifteenth, right before Thanksgiving, before they take the holiday break. That's a long tour. Yeah. Eight months, just cranking. That's a good stretch, man. And then they're gonna settle back into uh, they're gonna settle back into the studio again. Yeah. Where yeah. Do, do you know where the tour ended? What city? Like they in started Lake, Canada, in Lakeland, on the East, it's not like Lakeland, Florida. It didn't say on there, but I was, I was looking at the <laughs> dates around it, and it looked like and they we're got, in the south. They got the southeast be, somewhere, tour- Lakeland. Tour bussing, right? Yeah, they're the they're not flying to all arena. these things. They're driving around in North America. Feels like, oh yeah, 1980 in Florida. Well, we know that for sure because uh, the problem was going to start coming up that Eddie falls in love, and some of the yeah. other members have ladies, and they want to go on tour with them. 
He's fucking it up for everybody. I wonder how, who, where those decisions were. How much pressure is Eddie Van Halen getting, if any at all, from Valerie, who's down with a rock and roll lifestyle, maybe? Seems like it. He seems, he's pretty genuinely, like, in love, you know? And he's, like what we're saying, they're genuine fucking people. Yeah, earnest. So I think when he has the girlfriend, he's not like, I want to leave her at home. I, I don't. It's gonna be tough not to do Eddie. <laughs> it's Valerie Bertinelli too. I mean, it's like you don't take sand to the beach, son. Sure, but Valerie is the beach. That's what I mean, dude. Got some fucking pussy. <laughs> Can we give a so, shout out to Craig Gas? Yes, I guess we need to. That is not actually Eddie Van Halen. That is Craig uh, Gas, the comedian. All of the bad Van, Eddie Van Halen impersonations tonight from I know me are just trying to be Craig Gass. It's all about the cigarette inhale. That's yeah, the totally. Whole. Yeah, he nailed it. And he it. lived in Seattle for a bit, didn't he? Probably working at the underground. This is kind of a weird place for comedians to. But yeah, look that guy up. He's a hilarious comedian. He does it. He has great Van Halen stories. He he lived at uh, Eddie's. Uh, 5150 studio and he has a great story about it look at it YouTube that shit dude pack up your shit okay and move it with me (laughs) (laughs) you know uh, so we're talking about them on tour right Mm -hmm. it's been a bunch of rumors or are they really fucking true about these guys on tour and now they've got enough fucking juice to kind of ask for whatever they want or maybe to see Who's paying attention? Who's paying attention? Exactly. And let's let them talk about that. We, I think we all know where this is going. Uh, don't like Brian Evans. <laughs> let's talk about the aesthetics of M and M's. Brown M and M's taste different from other M&Ms? Yes, they do. They do. <laughs> they do. They are heavily, more heavily sugar coated. They contain more chocolate. Mm-hmm. Uh, the green ones and the yellow ones are much more refreshing. <laughs> what do you think, Eddie? <laughs> about the red ones? Do you miss the red ones? I always. Yeah, I don't. I don't particularly go for the red ones that, that much. Um, like I said, my main objection is brown, and that's that's all there's to it. Is this a running thing throughout the band, or is it just your? Well, yes, it was actually uh, David's uh, first objection was brown M&Ms. Uh, Michael doesn't like M&Ms at all. Edwin likes jujubes, and <laughs> leave that. I got a bridge that might be interested in buying. <laughs> Some jujubes. So that shit's true. It's absolutely true, right from the boys. But the uh, the method to that madness, right, is to see if whoever's reading their rider is fucking paying attention. If you leave out the brown M&M's, or you leave them in, then there's a good chance that we know you probably fucking overlooked a bunch of other shit. Like the rigging for our road crew. Right. It's a safety measure. Yeah. Work, again, working guys, they understand. <laughs> they they, they kind of have it fucking, the journeyman, yeah. They have it dialed from the beginning. I, it's that immigrant Dutch work ethic. Or you're uh Polish work ethic. You do. We got all of Europe work ethic mixed right. together. Yeah. With that American Puritan work ethic, which just equals like, just work till you die, kid. <laughs> That's what that comes to. And if you like what you do for work, then you never work a day in your life. 
and it's going to be harder than shit. <laughs> now, now get out there and play while I take a break. <laughs> that's what pretty much, what, what were the set lists looking like on this tour? Oh, man. The, the set lists are, are fucking absolutely crushing it by opening up <clears throat> with the cats, obviously. Um, and then their first song is going to be Romeo Delight. Follow, uh, yeah. yeah. Follow that shit up with Bottoms Up. Okay. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'll allow it. But it's got it's got everybody kind of shaking around. Yeah. And while they're shaking around, Alex, can we just get this drum solo over with? Because uh, yeah. we know we're going to start Real doing some shit. early in the night for the drum solo, man. Three, third song in is the drum solo. Right. Kind of like they shift it up a little bit. Hmm. And they shift something else back. And they yeah. also take something else out of there. <gasps> no way. Yeah. <laughs> Did they uh, kill the bass solo? Kill the bass solo on this tour. No bass solo on this tour. Not often. The f- actual fuck. So after the drum solo, you got to hit him with Running with the Devil. Okay, obviously. But now every we're all in there. After everybody's jazz on Running with the Devil, let's go with Torah, Torah, Torah. Mm. And I bet you they go right into another song. Take your whiskey home. What <laughs> shit? Tour tour into take your whiskey home. <laughs> That's what it tells me. Shut up. And now there's some that so there's some fresh songs right there. Yeah. With That's pH. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, dance the night away. Yeah. Just maybe an apology or maybe back in a bet for showing some new stuff and then hitch him with just a little reward for the for the heads. Thanks for being here, folks. Uh, women in love. <laughs> Jamie's crying. Mm, Jamie. Always comes back to Jamie. I know, and we're gonna Jamie. we're gonna blow right by that because obviously there's more to talk about with Jamie and her saga. Um, Bright Lights, Big City, which is a cover, mm. and Michael J. Fox movie. Yeah, Jimmy they Reed. They played that in the set. Yeah. What? <laughs> I know, right? Then what? hit him again with "Everybody Wants Some," mm-hmm. uh, and the cradle will rock. Nice little fucking back to backer in the late set. You know, new stuff that's going to become signature shit. Mm-hmm. They know it. Hit them with On Fire before you go into a guitar solo. What do you think comes after that? If you were going to... After s- the guitar solo? Yeah. Sing really that song. Me. What's that? You really got me? They save it. We go, ain't talking about love. Okay. Close it out. Uh, good night. I don't think they're done, though. Uh, never are. Ice Cream Man and You Really Got Me. Of course. There it is. That's 1980. Three albums to draw from, and uh, nice work, fellas. Dude, they're I could have done without Women in Love. I'm not going to lie. They could have replaced Women in Love with, like, Mm -hmm. agreed, lighting up the sky or something. That's the cigarette song, though. You need one. (laughs) That's true. A couple. That's true. But no, you didn't have to leave the arena to smoke your cigarette back then. (laughs) You used to just, remember, we smoked on airplanes. Just puts it in the fucking guitar in the string up there on the headstock, dude. Well, hopefully they had a nice restful holiday season because I'm sure that once the new year kicked in, they had to get right back to work. So that's the question. Did they? Or did did they take a break? Oh, that is the question, Hockey. We're going to answer that here. Are we? I think we're going to make them tune in. This has been your faithful, your faithful host, Augie. El Pagano, the Pagan, saying, Happy Trails. You know this. And Chris, Sacred G, Feifel, what do you got to say for yourself? Light up the sky. And it's me, 
thick with two C's, the thick white duke, saying, I'm bringing whiskey to the party tonight. I'm looking for somebody to squeeze. See you next time.